Episode 326 of Top Rope Nation, Ryan Drosty, Justin Joint, Jesse Velasquez. Plenty to talk about. We got some breaking news as we go on the air. We're going to hit that momentarily. And also, guys, I got to say that this show just, it feels a whole lot different tonight. You know, the last time we were on the air, I was a a young, Mm. spry, 39-year-old. And, uh, well, now... Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! <laughs> That's <right>. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I turned 40 yesterday, you guys. What a time. RD40. Congratulations, buddy. You RD40. did it. <laughs> Thank you, everyone in our Facebook group and, and Twitter and everywhere, oh, Facebook uh, in general. Amazing. that. Gave me some birthday greetings, but that was the first thing I thought of. My kids woke me up in the morning yesterday screaming that at me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I show them that <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Oh. Amazing. Guys, how's it going tonight? Justin, how are you doing? I like the hat. Thank you. A good friend of mine gave it to me because apparently his noggin was too big for it. I got a big Which, ass head. <laughs> in your in your defense, I think it's just a poorly made hat. Like it it. it barely fits my tiny noggin it's like the complete opposite of the the hitman hat i bought that's like huge and boxy this one is just like yeah. it's all it's all bill and nothing up top but i was it, almost wondering when i got that in the mail if they sent me a children's hat or so i could not get it to fit my head <laughs> yeah uh, but it's a nice hat and i, I appreciate you gifting it toward to me if you're not watching the video stream, it's a Sun Records hat direct from Memphis, Tennessee. So I'd love to see that, Justin. What's in the glass tonight? You got really anything? Nice. Uh, I, I am just doing uh, my half beef eater, half uh, gunpowder gin tonight. Ah. I am very close to you because mine is full on beef eater, though, all out of the gunpowder oh, gin. But uh, okay. I, yes, I do have the beef eater. I got a shot and a half in there. With my tonic water, so do you, uh, so yeah. do you do you think that's a pretty solid substitute uh, taste wise? I think it's pretty good. I can I can definitely tell the difference a little bit, okay. or at least I think I can. But I mean, <laughs> it's good. They're both good. I like yeah. it. Jesse, how's it going? Life's good. About what ten hours ago, we we're like, oh, this this show isn't going <laughs> to be that great. I don't have the energy for it. Somebody's got to carry us and. I was like, why don't we just do an ode to Ryan Drossy turning 40 for the next hour? That would have been <laughs> great. But uh, in wow. honor of our AEW World Heavyweight Champion, here's what I am going to say to all you love you trolls out there and people who throw nasty comments into our stream. No more going on your social media and making your little ho-ass comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Well, we hope you guys are joining us tonight with some good comments. Let us know in, in the live chat. If you're on uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, or whatever, hit us with that subscribe. Five-star rating, written review. Greatly appreciate that. And if you are in the video stream right now, we do have Super Chats open tonight. So if you want to get your comment featured in the show, 
please hit us with that super chat. We'll get it on the screen and address. If you have a question for the show, hit us with a super chat. We'll get to those uh, in the closing segment as well. And of course, thank you to all of our beautiful patrons. You see the names scrolling across the bottom. This show is not possible without all of you. So we appreciate your patronage paying for that bonus content each and every month. And by the way, Royal Rumble 91 coming at you at the end of January. That has won the vote for TRN Classics exclusively on Patreon later this month. So check it out. Guys, uh, it turns out Kazuchika Okada is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, just moments before we went on the air, this news broke. Uh, New Japan actually broke the news on their official website. Uh, It says, and I'll just read it, quote, Kazuchika Okada will be leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling after the conclusion of his contract on January 31st, 2024. We apologize to fans for the abrupt nature of this announcement, but join them in wishing Okada the very best in his future. Uh, As the new beginning series begins this weekend, Okada will appear on February dates on February 11th in Osaka and February 23 and 24 in Sapporo. Changes will be made to forthcoming cards with an announcement to follow. We appreciate your understanding and continued support. And then Kazuchika Okada himself put out a statement, and that one reads, quote, I have nothing but gratitude for having been a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling since 2007 and for NJPW bringing me from a 19-year-old kid off the plane in Mexico to the rainmaker I am today. Thank you to the best of companies in NJPW, to the best of opponents that I've been able to face here, and to the best of fans that have cheered and booed over the years. I promise to make it rain in every match I have left, so keep watching End quote. Guys, this is shocking. I we, we talked about this on the show recently. I mean, nobody was really expecting him at this point in his career to leave Japan. We know that there would be big offers out there from AEW and WWE, uh, but he's out. And uh, this is a very interesting story. I'm going to throw it to Jesse first because you follow New Japan the closest of, of all three of us. React. Your thoughts. Stunned in a word. I look at it. He came back from excursion. He was actually just on TNA uh, the night after the Battle in the Valley with Will Ospreay, which I just watched this morning. Very good match. And if you remember Okada from the TNA days, whoo, you you mm-hmm. would think there was no way in hell he was even going to amount to anything. He looked not pathetic, but of course, in America, they don't necessarily know how to use Japanese exports. They roll him in. New Japan in 2012, and he wins the championship within, I think, six months of him arriving. And he's been the man ever since. You know, when you take somebody out of their home, their comfort zone, you you wonder what they're going to do, what's going to happen, and look at the predecessors before them, because we've seen Shinsuke Nakamura. Eh, NXT, he was fine. Main roster, not so much. I look at guys like Kushida, junior heavyweight level, they didn't know what to do with him. I am nervous a little bit for Okada just because the New Japan presentation is quite a bit different from what's going on here in America. AEW does an okay job of it, I, I feel. They have a good job doing strong styles, but the storytelling is a little bit different. And also storyline-wise, too. I think his verbiage and being able to get over on camera talking is kind of important. 
very important, actually. Like, is he going to need a mouthpiece when he's here? So I am quite a bit surprised to summarize all of that. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about it, too. Justin Joint, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm pretty stunned by it for kind of a multitude of reasons, although maybe we shouldn't be because I, I think we would all agree that WWE and AEW could both throw a lot more money towards him than New Japan probably could. And, you know, speaking of where he is in his career, maybe that's what he's looking for is like the most amount of money with the least amount of dates. He's thinking about, you know, the the toll that strong style has probably taken on his body for this past decade. Uh, so it maybe makes some sense that he'd take more money with a, possibly, I would assume, maybe a little bit lighter schedule. Uh, but having said that, I mean, I'm I don't, what the hell is New Japan going to do? Losing Osprey and Okada right now? Like, I, I'm really wondering if this could maybe mean that Mox is actually going to win the title, that he's going to beat Naito at that mm. Chicago show. I mean, just because they're, I mean, they need some star power now. And, you know, I, I, I know Naito, uh, Naito is beloved, but I don't, I don't feel like he really moves the needle like maybe a John Moxley could. And especially, you know, if Okada is going to AEW, boy, their, their main event scene is stacked for 2024. If you think about Samoa Joe's at the top, Hangman, Swerve, we're both expecting those guys to get title runs hopefully soon. Uh, Osprey coming in and then Okada and not to mention MJF, assumingly coming back at some point. Um, and even pointing that out, maybe give some credence to the thought that he would go to WWE where, you know, he's got, he's got a buddy over there in Nakamura who's probably going to tell him, yeah, it's, it's freaking great over here. I mean, you know, my stories for the most part have sucked and <laughs> I'm basically a mid Carter, but I, I get paid a lot of money. So uh, get to surf. <laughs> yeah, I, I get a surf all the time, but <laughs> yeah, I guess for me, it's uh, where's he going and, and what does this mean for new Japan? I mean, yeah, he's uh, well, he's the never open weight six man tag champion right now with Ishii and Tanahashi. So he's got a belt right now. That that, that uh, announcement's interesting because it, it notes that he's going to be working or he's leaving after the conclusion of his contract. But then it went on to say he will appear on some February dates, February eleventh, twenty third, and twenty fourth. In case you guys are wondering, I mean, this it means he can't appear at the Royal Rumble unless. They worked out some kind of agreement, which is always possible. Uh, but, I mean, we don't have any solid word on where he's going. I think we all were kind of always of the agreement that we thought AEW would make the most sense uh, because it would leave it open for him to still work some New Japan shows if he wanted to. Uh, I mean, but everything I'm hearing right now is that, you know, WWE, of course, they're interested, but they didn't think they'd have a realistic chance of getting him, that he he wouldn't want to jump. Um AEW, I think, also didn't think that they could get him, but they were obviously very, very interested. What's what's very interesting is that uh, earlier today, I'll throw this on the screen, Tony Khan tweeted, oh. it's going to be an amazing 2024. That was at hmm. in the middle of the afternoon today at th about 3.30 p.m. And then this um. news breaks a couple hours later. So people are going to be looking at that. Don't know if it's related or not, but that's kind of interesting. I think, you know, he could be talking about a number of things. I, he could be well, talking about Mercedes heading there, too. And, and Tony Khan is not one to stir up shit on Twitter anyway, so. Oh, of course not. Of course not. But, I mean, <laughs> Never. you know, 
if he knew this news was going to break or not. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. I I think, you know, it's Fightful has a report up right now that just dropped and I was kind of browsing through that on Fightful Select and um, apparently Okada and New Japan officials had a meeting very recently to talk about, you know, what the future is going to look like. And the Fightful report notes that by the end of that conversation, it was very clear Okada was finishing up with the company. But even so, this is quoting now the report, the announcement still surprised several that Fightful spoke to as they expected it next week. They didn't expect this announcement to come tonight. Um, But it goes on to say that the departure is an amicable one and that the door is always going to be open for Okada to return. Um, New Japan sources go on to say that they knew this was a reality that they could be facing. They were, they're confident in their ability to create new stars to take his spot moving forward to your point, Justin, of what this is going to mean for New Japan. We'll see. I mean, this is a guy who has main evented Wrestle Kingdom eight times, has won the G1 Climax, you know, four times, multi-time world champion. Jesse, you mentioned his appearance at TNA this past weekend. Apparently, Everything went well there backstage. I mean, I don't imagine he's going to end up in TNA full time. That would be a huge shock. That would, that would shock me more than him leaving New Japan. My God, I, w- I don't think that's going to happen. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, I mean, if I had to pick right now, I would guess AEW, not just because of Tony's tweet. It's just it seems the most logical. But to your point, I mean, he does have friends at WWE. So, I mean, Jesse, what do you think? Which way are you leaning on this? Oh goodness! I well, hey, real quick, oh, just ahead, interrupt, Justin. real quick, yeah. Jesse. I just want to, I, I want to know where you think he's going to end up and where you would like him to end up. Ah, to okay. both of you, yeah. I'll say AEW for the exercise purposes. And Justin made the point. It's like that main event scene is just all of a sudden over flooded. I don't. I want him to go to the WWE. I hate to say it. Dude, I think I'm in the same boat. There's just so much more potential there for him. And oh my goodness, they have a baby face now. (gasps) That hasn't been fed to Roman. (gasps) I think there's zero chance it'd have Okada beat Roman, though. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) In the end. But yeah, it would be very interesting to see him in that environment. Um, They would have to make some pretty good videos to introduce him to the mm-hmm. crowd. I mean, there's such a different dynamic WWE crowd versus AEW crowd and how many are going to be familiar with his work. Um, I kind of agree with you guys. I don't, I don't know. I think AEW is more likely personally, but I, I don't know if I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I, you're going to get those WWE trolls on social media that we get on our Twitter account. Sometimes you're just going to be like, Oh yeah. You know, Hunter got another one over on Tony and just go nuts. If he ends up there, that will be annoying. But I, I guess from a fan perspective, it, it would be pretty interesting to see. I you know I wouldn't be against it. it. And it seems like as far as AEW goes, we've kind of seen all the big matchups already. You know, obviously with Hangman and Swerve on the, you know, on the come up ins that those are right there for us with Okada. But I mean, like, we've gotten the Omega matches, we've gotten the Osprey matches. Um Danielson has happened now. So like, but we I, thought I, we were going to get another Danielson match and that, true. that could be out the door if he goes yeah. to WWE. Yep. Absolutely. But I mean, doesn't like the thought of Okada versus Gunther tickle your sphincter just a little. <laughs> yes, it does. It I does. have to go to the bathroom all of a sudden, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that would, yeah, that would be pretty freaking awesome. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, I, there's a lot more. I agree. There's more fresh matches in WWE because he has worked with a lot of the stars in AEW at different points in time. With Osprey headed there, with him doing the Brian match, Jay, you know, Jay White's there, and so on. So, boy, you you might be onto something. I I still don't think it's as likely. Apparently, AW when they thought they were hoping they had a chance to sign him, according to the FIFA report, they were throwing around creative ideas, you know, mm-hmm. recently about what they would do if they were to sign him. Uh, the WWE sources, Fightful notes, hadn't even heard of any talks between Okada and WWE. But then again, we know that they're keeping things pretty close to the vest over there lately. I mean, people were apparently in the dark about punk going there. So that doesn't mean that they're, they're not involved. It's pretty damn intriguing. I, I did not expect to talk about this tonight with you guys. I would, we have a main topic that was going to be the whole show, and now this little wrinkle thrown in, and there's never a boring time in the world of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. That is Okada. True. Okada Drew McIntyre. Oh, yeah. Okada Punk. We talked about that maybe in AEW at some point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why not? <laughs> there, There's a yeah. plethora of matches, I think, anywhere he goes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, th- I think you guys have already kind of hit it. The concern with WWE is how how would they present him? How would, uh, you know, the Japan style translate? Because it definitely feels like after the uh, Sami Zayn match at TakeOver that Nakamura's wrestling style really got softened up by a lot. And it really took him, it feels like quite a while to adjust to the WWE style. Uh, I, I would almost say years. Um, so like, how would that transition be for Okada where basically he can just walk into AEW and be the exact same guy? Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a major difference this time around as well. I think if Okada goes to the WWE, because when AJ Styles landed there in 2016, Nakamura, I believe in early 2017, the crowds were different because there was no AEW. So NXT was flooded with all of the really social media heavy fan base. And now it seems like they, like for example, when we see Punk give all these interviews and try to go inside baseball, fans just sit on their hands. How many are really going to know about Kazuchika Okada? I don't think he's going to get that big of a pop like he would if he had left in 2016, 2017. Uh, and that's why I think if they do get him, I, you have to debut him at WrestleMania where you have that more of the mixed uh, hardcore wrestling fans there who will know who it is and, and will give him the appropriate pop to, to let all the other morons there who, who don't follow anything outside of uh, Connecticut, you know, that, Hey, this guy's a big deal. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I'm shocked. <laughs> just, no, I'm totally shocked. I I can I could have never imagined him leaving New Japan. I just couldn't. The guy's been wrestling. You know, he's later in his career now. The move overseas. It's just it's got to be about a big payday. It has. To, you have. To, was that you that said that, Justin? It's it's yeah. got to be about just cashing in. You know, before he wraps it all up. Because or, you know, man. hey. Maybe he just really wants to work with all Japan and he sees that WWE's got that connection now. This is his way in. <laughs> yeah. Ah, man. I don't know. I, I, I would bet on AEW, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Jesse? I got one. I As I mentioned earlier, now with Tanahashi as president, I think they can kind of revert back to what they did when he was brought up 
when he was like 23, 24 years old, became the ace. As I mentioned, Shota Umino, they have Ren Narita, they have Yoda Suji, they have a couple of other young lions that are like in their mid-20s that are ready. I think you can hot shot them now and go on with that. The bigger problem is going to be the lack of Gaijin, the, the, the foreign stars that are coming in. So Justin made a great point. I think if you put the belt on Moxley, even for a few months and have him work over there would be a huge boon for business. And, you know, I'm, I was almost wondering if that was like a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not, not like a, a, a gift, but like a, a token of appreciation that Tony Khan could do for new Japan. He's like, Hey, I know I'm stealing Osprey and Okada, but here have, have Moxley for, for the spring and summer, you know, isn't that nice? How beautiful is it that you can have a working relationship that benefits multiple <laughs> promotions? <laughs> I love professional wrestling in 2024. Yeah, I mean, if they weren't considering Moxley as the world champion before, they have to be considering it now with that big Amen. match coming up at mid-April in Chicago. We got to keep talking about that, man. We, we might have to go to that show. I know we've been tossing it around, but tickets are cheap. I told you guys, forty dollars tickets, lower level, right there. I, I think I might be. I, I ran it by the wife, and I got some pushback, but I, I think I'm going to be ready to push back a, uh, uh, a little bit more to try try and go. Because, boy, I, I just can't. I don't want to miss Mox possibly becoming the champ. Just, just get her a nice gift. <laughs> get her a John Moxley T-shirt, Justin. She'll appreciate that. <laughs> All right, should we go to our, our other topic here, guys? Yeah. Anything else? All right, so Jesse, this was your idea. Now, we kind of had a discussion a few weeks ago on the pod that was warming us up to this topic. This is this is the thumbnail here on YouTube. So let's get to the main topic. Jesse, introduce it to the listeners. So we had mentioned, Ryan and I were on a show together, I believe Justin was gone, where we talked about performers that would come over from AEW that would fit well in WWE and vice versa. So what I decided to do was kind of bring up a format. And I threw some pretty lenient parameters around this as well. I said intergender trades, if you wanted to, are allowed. Again, everything's got to be, I think, within reason. You can veto it if you want to. A tag team can count as a as one person. So if you trade a tag team for like a high-profile person of equal, of equal value, you can count mm -hmm. that as well. I... Yeah, and then just from there, I just said, come up with multiple proposals, and let's just have some fun with it. Good old fantasy booking here on the fly. All right. Can can I start? Yes. yes. All right, I'm going to throw one out, and I want I want uh, Ryan. You're going to play the part of Paul Levesque because you know you're the, you're the captain of this ship that's you know been sailing for quite a while. All uh, right. Uh, <laughs> 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 and and uh, Jesse, you'll you'll play the part of Tony Khan because I know you have a, a raging cocaine addiction. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> he does not. Any potential employers? He does not. Very clean cut man. Uh, all right, this is simple. This is a one for one. I want to know uh, who says no first. MJF for Gunther. Oh, oh man. I say no. You say no. Okay. 
I'm assuming that's because uh, MJF in your eyes is the bigger star and he can, he can talk on the mic. Um, he can obviously go in the ring. The reason I thought this was interesting because both these guys' style in the ring seems better suited for the other promotion. Mm. I think, I think Jesse's totally right. I think Tony would veto that trade right away, but I think Hunter would do it in a heartbeat. I think he'd be like, yeah, because I think, yeah, like to your point, MJF in some ways fits the WWE mold. I think Tony sees MJF as the future of the company, this guy they've been grooming for this spot, you know, for years. I, I don't think Tony would do it, but I, I, I definitely think Hunter would do it. I do. I think it's an equal trade. I think if you yeah. look at it, you got to look at ages as well, where Max still has a long time to go and Gunther's in his mid-30s. Well, and that's kind of going to be the, I, I don't have a whole lot of trades here, but the ones I do are, are, you know, the main point is, as we've talked about many times, WWE is kind of desperately needing that future champion, which MJF could easily be. Yeah. Let me show, let me throw one at you. Justin, along it's it's a close one. Okay, just going to change one of the names here, MJF for Seth Rollins. Oh God, Tyler I, Black. I don't know if you know this, Justin. He was. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he's from Iowa. Yeah. Um, for me personally, that would be a no. I, I'm not interested in that unless he he wants to come over as like Tyler Black and not uh, Tyler freaking black Uh, i have i have no interest in watching that on the only regular pro wrestling television i i I watch um but boy i mean if you're tony you have to really sit down and think about that because seth is a much bigger name in pro wrestling he'll probably bring a lot more eyeballs to his television than mjf would and and i guess personally although i said no i would be fascinated to see Seth, if his in-ring style changes at all, maybe reverts back to more of that Ring of Honor style uh, if he were to go into AEW. Yeah, that that was my next question for you because we talked about Seth jumping to AEW. You know, as you know from my Twitter or my YouTube short I posted, they got all the trolls all hot when we even talked about the possibility that Seth Rollins could go to AEW. The WWE marks were just aghast at that possibility. But we talked about on the show that it would be awesome to see, I think. I think it would inject a ton of life into that's going to sound weird because he's on a good run. I'm just, it's just not for me. You know, like I haven't enjoyed the Seth Rollins run that much with the current gimmick, but I just, he would be able to show off a different side of his personality again and becoming Tyler Black again. So you, you would be intrigued by, if he did jump to AEW though. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It'd be that, you know, that fresh coat of paint that he kind of desperately needs right now. Like just the Mm -hmm. change of scenery. Yeah. I agree. And, and, you know, for WWE, they get younger with MJF. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the common theme. I think of a lot of these deals is that the WWE is going to get younger and AEW is going to get more exposure with names coming over. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially with the one I'm going to throw at you. I was going to save this one for last, but because you're throwing such heavy ones out there, I'm going to do the same. I have one of the people involved that you've mentioned so far. This is a two-for-two deal. WWE is sending Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins over. 
to AEW. AEW is sending Britt Baker and Hangman Page back to the WWE. <sighs> oh. The Ooh. WWE gets their baby face that they should not screw up, but they will. They get a tremendous talker in Britt Baker. AEW gets two huge names, a lot of exposure, and I'll sell you a little bit more. AEW is still really young in spite of the fact that they're losing Hangman Page. The, the, the cupboard is not bare there. That would be my selling point. I would be in if I was guaranteed that WWE would treat Hangman like a tippy-top main eventer like the guy, then I, I would give thumbs up uh, for the most part. I, I, God, I would hate to lose Hangman. Not that mm-hmm. I'm part of AEW, but um, I think WWE says no to that one, personally. I do, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, boy, that's interesting. Hey, hangman in WWE is very interesting. Mr. Phil Brooks is there. Now that would be interesting. <laughs> I forgot about that. If if I was AEW in the scenario and that trade was proposed, I would do that trade in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think twice about it. And really? I, I, really. I, I would hate to lose Hangman. But I mean, I think if you think about this star power wise, like yeah. if this is sports and you got two teams, two NBA teams or whatever, and you're looking at Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. They're just way bigger names. I think they're coming out ahead. I I would do it in a heartbeat if that was the offer. Yeah. Yeah. In in sports terms, you would be getting second-year prospects with immense talent. And Hangman Page Mm -hmm. and Britt Baker getting sent over for established television talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think you sold me. um, Like I said, I, I still think WWE would probably say no. To that, yeah, but uh, yeah. Tony agrees to it in a heartbeat. Ooh. Although that'll probably piss off his other EVPs. Yes, I mean they're and they're they've been around for a long time in the national scene. But I mean, Seth's he's thirty seven. He's still young, thirty seven years old. Becky, how old Becky? I mean, she's probably Same. a little bit younger than that, or thirty six. Yeah, I think yeah. That Hangman's so, thirty two. Hey, so it's not a huge difference. Yeah. As Justin said, he's probably the number one babyface in AEW. I think if he were to go over there, he he could become the number one babyface in the entire world if he's not already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I, I would be way more interested in the possible WrestleMania main event if it was Hangman instead of Cody Rhodes. Although I know I know Cody Rhodes is a much bigger star than Hangman, but my interest lies much more with Adam Page. He's mm-hmm. so good too. Especially with that mustache now. Hell yeah. (laughs) All right. Who wants to go next? Uh, I got got one. All right. How about uh, this is a three for two. This is going to be Wardlow and the Hardy Boys for the Street Profits. Hmm. I was wondering where you're going with the Hardy Boys here. I mean, yeah, who cares? Yeah, what's the but. contingency there? <laughs> uh, just to get oh, them man. off uh, the, my regular television. <laughs> just throwing an extra contract. 
you got to take this contract off my hands. <laughs> um, man, what, I think I would you, do that. Yeah. For if you were the, if I'm AEW, Paul, I, I'm, oh. um, I'm not sure he would do that. I think he, he would see dollar signs for Wardlow for sure. But the Hardys are just like, I'm only getting the Hardys back versus, <laughs> It's like a, then you're looking at this two for one. I think, you know, both street profits have potential. Montez exponentially has a lot of potential, and we've wondered <laughs> what the hell's been happening there. They haven't done much with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they still see it as something that they can go to. Uh, man, yeah, I think I think AEW does it. I'm not sure. AEW would do it in a heartbeat. WWE, yes. that's, that's, Ooh, that's heartbeat. That's, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they would even think twice about that. Wardlow. He just has never, we talked about this a lot. He's just never reached his potential. He's never been, ever since Vegas in 2022, he's not recovered. And so, I mean, he's kind of damaged goods there right now. I think the WWE production style, uh, ring style, I think I think he would thrive in WWE. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen in the AEW. And then, like, the Hardys, they wouldn't care about losing them. And on the flip side, you're getting two younger guys with a, with a lot of potential back I think. So I think I think they'd do it right away. I'm not sure WWE would though cuz for the same reason that what they would be losing. Let me can I make a slight change to this? Yeah. What okay. if it's what if it's Adam Cole, Britt Baker and Wardlow for Bianca and Street Profits. Oh man. That's t- that's a lot more tough. <laughs> I, I me personally I would rather want Bianca in the street profits I think Bianca's the tipping point yeah I think it's the same thing I think it, I think it's the same thing that AEW would do it pretty much right away because you're getting that top draw Bianca Belair then you know all the big moments she's already had at Wrestlemania in her young career you're getting the potential of the street profits. You're losing Adam Cole, Baker. I mean, boy, it's it's definitely harder. I'll give you that. You might. Mm. Yeah, how would they treat Adam? How would Triple H treat Adam Cole? Would he treat him like he did in NXT? I would say he treats him better than Vince did. Or Oh, absolutely. The, the fact that Vince had no fucking interest in him. <laughs> I think they might be open to it just because he didn't get that main roster run and they would mm-hmm. see him. Yeah, he's he's been there, but they didn't get the potential out of them, maybe or out of him in their eyes. They're getting Baker, who has a lot of potential still Wardlow, who is a WWE. I mean, everything about Wardlow screams WWE to me. Mm-hmm. I think that that's pretty even. I mean, the, it is Bianca is the tipping point. She's the biggest star there for sure. I could see both sides going for that one, though. And do you break up the street profits within six months and then let Montez do his thing? I think WWE says no to this trade, actually, the more I think about it. Because they, they, put, <laughs> they, they, they put in resources into building up Bel Air that I don't... If this was happening right now, I don't think they would do it. But it's definitely but, more appealing. But, you know, I mean, what is Adam Cole? I mean, he's in his early 30s so you're getting you're getting younger there wardlow has got to be on the younger side and he's you know got a lot of upside Mm -hmm. so you're you're kind of you're decreasing your 
age for future top world champs, you know, possibly. Yeah. It's youth Dep- for you. Depending what yeah, true, true. I guess for me, just because they haven't done anything with Montez Ford yet, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence that they're going to. I don't know. I, I I agree just because I'm a jaded wrestling fan by this point in my life. <laughs> yes, we agree. <laughs> but part but part of me wants to believe that they view Montez as like, you know, this ace card in their pocket that they can just do it whenever and they just haven't pulled the trigger yet. You know, they they tried out the stuff with the with the hurt business and whatever, it just hasn't clicked at all. They just tried something different with him. But I, I feel mm-hmm. like they view him as like a, a blue chip guy that they can go with when they want to. Like to your point, he's still very young. So Can you say how old is how old is Montez Ford? No, we haven't yet. While you're doing that, shout out to the comments so far. Austin Theory for never mind. <laughs> Ryan Huffman. <laughs> yeah. And then as for 30, the other thirty three. Okay. Oh, he's thirty three. Okay. Wow. He's a little older than I thought. Older so than Hangman. That's old. They're all roughly the same age, everyone that's in this deal. Yeah. Yeah. You could do it. Then the person with the kind of Rollins going and Lynch staying just because they're married or whatever, then like she'd want to stay for her career. You never know. And Brian made the point go watch the short is that Becky's done everything that she's needed to do in the, on a WWE platform. I mean, the only major difference here if she was dealt over there and didn't stay was that maybe Hollywood opportunities wouldn't arise and maybe she wants to continue performing so she could go to AEW and wrestle a different style and she can probably make more money from a contractual perspective there in ring as opposed to maybe the incentives and the bonuses that you would get with the WWE yeah I'm sorry if you look if you sorry go ahead no no you go ahead Ryan I was just going to say with my point in, the, in that whole thing when we talked about before was just Becky's done everything in WWE. She's headlined WrestleMania. She's been a multi-time women's champion. She's basically worked almost. I mean, I think what they're doing with Ripley is good, but I mean, she's worked pretty much everybody. It just feels like there's nothing left for her to prove there. And yeah, I think her and Seth, it's interesting. Both their contracts come and do at the same time this year. It's going to be super interesting how that goes down because they have to use AEW for leverage and act like they they would want to go there to get the best deal for themselves. I don't know if they'll actually consider it or not. I think it'd be freaking awesome if they did. It would shake up the wrestling business big time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know. Though. Like In some ways, Seth more than Becky feels like a WWE lifer, but you never know, man. You never know. Nobody thought we'd see CM Punk return to WWE, and there he is with a smile on every week. So who, you know, who knows? But uh, they'll definitely make the decision together. I don't think one person's going to leave and one stay. I think it's going to be a, you know, you get both of us kind of thing. And that's how they should do it. I just saw this comment. Can we hire Ryan Huffman for the pod just so we can fire him for that trade hook for gender straight up comment? <laughs> that is unacceptable, Ryan Huffman. <laughs> what a gendering gender? Ryan Huffman. <laughs> <laughs> That was a topic of conversation in the Facebook group for about 12 hours. I got one for you. I'll throw out there. This is just one for one. All right. Ricochet for powerhouse Hobbs. Ooh. Oh, <clears throat> interesting. Both should say yes. I think I agree with that. 
Uh, Ricochet was born for AEW. He's the perfect guy. You can see him wearing a TNT title or, you know, heading a, a killer six man group. And Powerhouse Hobbs is, you know, obviously the, 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 the kind of guy that WWE would love to get. I mean, it's the equivalent of Wardlow, you know, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see, unfortunately, I don't see Powerhouse Hobbs breaking through kind of the, the ceiling that's in front of him right now in AEW, at least not anytime soon, maybe, maybe in a couple of years, but boy, with the way that, uh, main event scene is looking, he, he's going to be in that mid card for quite a while and might have a better chance with the, the age of the upper carters in WWE. Yeah. We've established that Ricochet is a mid card title holder. He'd have a lot of fun for the chasing the international title down the TNT Championship and wrestling mm-hmm. Elio Del Vikingo for the hell of it on Double or Nothing. Oh my God, you shut your mouth, Jesse! <laughs> God damn! Now I need Meltzer, to see that match. Meltzer just sprinkled five and a half stars right <laughs> on your screen. <laughs> I probably sprinkled five right there too, but uh, yeah, his contract's great up deal, this summer, Ryan. by the way. By the way, Ricochet's contract is up this summer. Mm, interesting. Um, I think that that's a super even trade, though, by the yeah. way. I just think it's a very I agree. even trade. Agree. He's 35, Ricochet is. And I think Hobbs is younger. Yeah, I think well, so. I think so. I'll look it up. Nice active chat. Thank you all. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. If you're not already subscribed, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Appreciate Even it. 32 side of things. Mm-hmm. 32 for Powerhouse Hobbs. Okay. Yeah, it helps. Close, but yeah. All right. All right. Who's got another one? I'll flip one. I'm going to change this a little bit. And again, this is the older. This is actually WWE getting older. AEW getting younger. And I think this is a styles clash, no pun intended. We're going to move somebody back to the WWE who's not getting pushed very well to his own volition. And you're going to get a rising star coming over from the WWE to AEW because I don't think he's going to fit the main roster scheme. Let's move Keith Lee back to the WWE. And in turn, we're going to send AEW Ilya Dragunov. Oh, oh. Oh, wow. Huh. You get your strong style, British guy. Killer. Very unique. Mm -hmm. Keith Lee, this is going to be his last run. If he's serious about this, he has his wife there as well under contract. Triple H gave him both NXT championships. Can you try to rekindle this push again? Um, I think WWE says no to this just because there is something going on with Keith Lee. And I have not mm-hmm. investigated the 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 bullshit or the rumors or whatever that was on Twitter today with him, but there is something health wise going on with him that has plagued him, you know, since the end of his WWE run. And I don't know how much of a chance I would want to take on that. Cause I mean, unfortunately he's just unreliable at this point. Um, and not that I foresee Dragunov as being some, you know, top guy or even like a a top mid carter on the main roster but 
I, I think you can get a lot of years out of him in the mid card and in tag teams and with, you know, maybe an IC or a, a United States title run or something. Um, I, boy, the thought of him in AEW sure is tantalizing, though. Mm-hmm. 30 years old, too. I wonder it, what would it make a difference if you switch that, if you switch Keith Lee to Powerhouse Hobbs, a Hobbs for Dragonoff? Kind of going back to the you know the trade we were just talking about. Well, I mean, do you, do you think Hobbs has more value than Keith Lee? Yes. Yeah. Okay. In fairness, actually, I had originally Wardlow for Ilya Dragunov. Well, I think I think AW says no to that. I think. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I mean, they they still obviously value Wardlow. They, I mean, they're they're trying and trying and trying. Uh, part of me thinks we may have just kind of seen the the best of Wardlow, or like as good as it's going to get. Uh, he might just be that kind of like dominant mid Carter, maybe not that mm-hmm. main event level guy, you know. Um. Oh yeah, that's an interesting one. I like it. Yeah, I, the original trade proposed Keith Lee and Dragunov. I don't. I think that's a total non-starter for WWE. I don't think they would do it. AEW would be overjoyed <laughs> to get that deal, though. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hobbs would be way more interesting. Um, boy. Yeah, I, I see a good one in the chat here from Huffman. Young Bucks <laughs> for Usos. Yeah. No. I have the yeah. Usos listed later. We can talk about that. Oh, later. okay. All right. I think that's I mean, an interesting I, one. I mean, both I mean, guys, both teams have done everything in each company. True. They're just, to me, they're kind of the same. And I mean, for one, when you factor in the whole EVP thing, which obviously that takes all the fun out of, out mm-hmm. of this thing we're doing here. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that just, for one, I don't really have much interest in seeing the Usos reuniting at this point. I, I would prefer them to be separate. James and Jay for Nicholas and Matthew. <laughs> yes yes all right who's got another one all right i got i got a big one go all right big is in uh it, it's a it's a four for two uh this is to get rid of malcontents to give wwe a, a possible young future main eventer that I'm I'm afraid might have hit a ceiling in AEW and to get rid of a legend that I don't want to watch anymore. So I'm doing Starks, Miro, Malachi Black, and Chris Jericho for KO and Sami Zayn. Holy smokes. I feel like I got to see this written down. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I know. That's a lot. Yeah. So let me, let me repeat. Ricky Starks. Miro, Malachi Black, Chris Jericho for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So the only I'd do that character if I was going AW, over the WWE sure. is Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has been there. I mean, if, if you're WWE, you're getting that, you know, like I said, that future possible main eventer in, in Ricky Starks. You're getting a legend back in Chris Jericho. Um, you know, maybe they will, maybe Miro and Malachi will work a little bit harder 
for for Paul than I think they have been for for Tony. Uh, and then obviously, I mean, with AEW, just the star power, the personalities, the humans that you'd be getting, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who frankly, I I think they've peaked in WWE. I don't think it's ever going to get better for them than it has the last two WrestleManias. Oh, WrestleMania 39 was the ultimate. Well, and for yeah. Kevin, wrestling Austin at 38. Also mm-hmm. true. Zane yeah. knocked it out of the park with Johnny Knoxville. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was amazing. God, it was. made fun of it so much going in. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> it was so damn entertaining. Oh, I, sh- yeah, I, I showed Zane. my son that match tonight. Really? really? Like it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, seriously. So, yeah, my oldest watched that with me live, and she was just cracking up just nonstop. She loved She talked about it for weeks. So I'm curious <laughs> if your boy's going to be talking about it, too, because, yeah, it was great. It was really good. Um, yeah, I do that if I'm AEW in a heartbeat. Okay. It's just, yeah. WWE, though, I'm not sure. Like, to Jesse's point, Stark, yeah, they might consider it just because Starks has a lot of potential. They Maybe they would see it as they've, milked everything they can from KO and Sammy. I could see them agreeing to that. I I, I could see them. Yeah, I could see them agree to that. I also still think Black and Miro have potential. Black has Lena Vega there as well as wife. Mm -hmm. What I Miro's to a grander extent, Keith Lee, where I don't understand he's doing something backstage to sabotage what the heck's going on with him. Agree. Because he had Rusev Day and originally got the year-long undefeated streak. Got, I think he was the last person thrown over the top at the 2015 Royal Rumble. Ushered out in a tank. You were like, this dude's going to be the man. And then disappeared. Now he's in AEW, and he wins when he wrestles, but doesn't wrestle much. Yeah, I... I, b- yeah. I believe since Miro has been in AEW, he has only lost two singles matches. Can you name the two guys that he lost to? Oh, man. I'll let Ryan try to answer. I, I I can. No, I I have I have no idea. I've lost my whole memory now. I'm 40 years old. I'm done. Brian Danielson and Sammy Guevara. Oh, you got Sammy. Very nice. That's one I couldn't I couldn't think of. I wouldn't have got that one. No. Yeah, he beat beat him for the TNT title. Yeah. yeah. But that's it. That's the only two fucking guys in. Has, what's it he been? Worked that three much. years now. <laughs> yeah, he's been gone. It's ridiculous. So much, you have you Can have I? to fucking wrestle and you have to fucking lose in order to become a bigger star. Yeah. Like I, I know there's a lot of people out there that like respect this kind of behavior in professional wrestling. It's like, oh, they're just sticking up for themselves and they don't want to go out there and lose. It's like, how much does that matter? Like, are we thinking of Hook? More or less now after the match with Samojo. We're thinking of him more. He is a mm-hmm. bigger star now because he lost to Hook. Miro needed to go out there and he needed, for one, just to be out there so the fans could see him. You know, you can't, I just don't think you could become a big star in this era because what I think he's doing is the the uh, Brody uh, of the 80s you know, kind of wrestling. Like he's just refusing to lose. He's trying to carry this aura. And I just don't think that works in modern wrestling. You got to get out there. You got to show people that for one, you're willing to play the game 
and you're willing to eat the pin sometimes. And that's just something he has not been willing to do. Can I interrupt our regularly scheduled programming for a note here from Tony Khan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, I had two ways I was going to go with this, but go, Ryan. Yours is more important. Because um, we talked about Tony Khan and the tweet he made this afternoon related to the Okada situation and well, wondering if it was related or not. Tony Khan is flexing hard on Twitter right now, you guys. And we know oh. that Tony Tony is a guy who is not quiet on Twitter. And uh, let me just put this on the screen. So it's going to be an amazing 2024. He said that six hours ago. And now, just a few minutes ago, he, he replies to that with a meme of Marlo from The Wire. My name is my name. Which hell yeah. Now so like I actually have not seen The Wire, by the way. Oh so I was talking God. with our friend Garrett Gonzalez here about this on text while we were having this conversation. And he informed me that in The Wire, Marlo is ba- basically he wants everyone to know he's the baddest dude in town. Accurate? Yep. So so he is flexing hard on Twitter right now. Uh man, Okada uh-huh. AEW? We'll find out. Boy, that that sure seems like it. Not only that, yeah. but obviously Mercedes, which has been the the rumor. I'm hearing I'm hearing late March on Mercedes after Revolution, after the Sting goodbye is when she's penciled in. We'll see. Hmm. Okay, but interesting. Who knows? Who knows? It's Mercedes. Um, <laughs> you know, she changes her mind a lot, so we'll see. But yeah. Anyways, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to mention that since we talked about Okada earlier. I thought that that was Worth interesting. It. Very interesting. Uh, do we have any more trades you want to talk about? I think I have one, but timestamp that shorts from Justin. That point was awesome about losing. Mm. Not the importance yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to shout this person out here on Twitch just talking about, especially you guys, how lucky that your kids are into pro wrestling right now. He just says, appreciate the time while you have it. Yeah, 110%. Looking forward to exposing my son to it here very, very soon. He's two and a half. Yeah. I actually had to... uh, Boy, what's the word I'm looking for? I had to warn my kid tonight. Maybe we shouldn't watch wrestling anymore because I, I guess he wanted Sami Zayn to win so much in that match against Johnny Knoxville that he cried at the oh, end no. when Knoxville won. It's like, <laughs> but but if you're, I mean, if it's going to hurt you this much, maybe we should just take a step back. It's like, no, I'm fine. It's like, all right, all right, we'll keep watching. <laughs> and Justin, all you had to do was respond and say, Kit, let me tell you something. Back in March of 1994. I was watching WrestleMania, and my guy, Brett the Hitman Hart, he lost to his dastardly brother in the opening match. And I thought this was a new low, but you know what? He walked out world champion, so you never know, son. Things can turn around. (laughs) All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Jesse. All right. I have a blockbuster that I'll save for the end. This one is a three for three. Two of these have been mentioned. And AEW is about to get older, and WWE is about to get younger. Powerhouse Hobbs and the Acclaimed for the Usos and Chad Gable. Hmm. That seems pretty even. 
I think. I WWE think gets younger in the offer. tag team division. Hobbs, mm-hmm. we've been mentioning all show long. Mm-hmm. Uso is a legendary tag team that can go and feud with the Bucks, whoever the heck they want. Have an actual good feud with FTR instead of some back shaving in a shower. And and then Chad Gable can be unleashed like Brian Danielson wants him to be. Yeah, I like that's, that trade. Yeah. That's the key for me is Chad Gable in that one. Uh I think AEW would be getting the bigger stars, obviously, with Jay and Jimmy. Uh once again, would not want to see them together. But uh my only reservation is like kind of like with the street profits in WWE, it's like they've, you know, AW's put in a lot of time with acclaimed and it'd be almost that scenario where you'd feel like you'd be selling at the worst time. Maybe like, mm. cause I think they can get higher. They can maybe get to another level. Uh, so that would be my only reservation, but ah, that's, that's a damn good trade. And I don't know who says no. I think both do that deal because from AEW, you're getting potential and Gable, this young guy who hasn't reached his ceiling. You're getting star power, which as a company, they need star power. They're, you know, trying to catch up to WWE. They're trying to improve their ticket sales. So you get the Usos who are recognizable for wrestling fans. And then on the other side, WWE gets to freshen up their tag division. You know, a lot of their tag teams have been around for a while like the Usos, and you're getting a fresh team in there like like the Acclaimed. Yeah, and then uh, Hobbs with all the potential that he would have. I Yeah, I think both companies do that one. Uh, per the chat, I don't think I would trade Han Solo for Powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> I would stick with Han Solo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Hobbs weird. versus Gunther take my money. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I'm sure. Great take. Sakoa for Hobbs. Interesting. Yeah. There's potential for both guys. I think WWE wouldn't do that one, though. I, I agree. They, they I don't think they wouldn't let Usos go. No. Well, I mean, even solo Sakoa for Hobbs, though, as proposed in the in the chat, I don't think they would do that one. I think they've, they've I mean, been slowly grooming Sakoa that I, mm-hmm. I don't think they would give up on that right now. I mean, why you would trade a a main eventer like Jay? Just it's beyond me. Yeah, so many wins, Yeet. so much winning. Go ahead, Jesse. Last one, blockbuster. Somebody is bound to say no on this one. It's a one for one. We are going to send Gunther to AEW. We're sending Kenny Omega to the WWE. <sighs> The baby face spot, like I've talked about almost endlessly in this last half hour. AEW gets the mega heel that can work everywhere. I, I think WWE says no. Because for one, they, they've put in an almost two-year investment in Gunther right now. And I think in their minds they'd be thinking, well, we already have AJ Styles. Why do we need Kenny Omega? I think that's how they would look at it. Maybe. I just, I don't, I don't think Omega is near as valuable to WWE as he is to AEW. That I agree with you. Which you could say for a lot of guys, but 
particularly in this case, uh, for what Omega brings to the table. I mean, he's fine on the mic. I, I don't think he's extraordinary. Uh, he's, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries. And I, when you factor in, like I said, the investment and just the size, and, and I just think Gunther has kind of a better aura around him right now than than Omega does. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you pretty much hit everything I was going to say. I I don't think either company does this one. I, I think that AEW wouldn't want to lose Kenny Omega, one, like the heart of the company. They already lost Cody when you look at the founders of this company. I think they see him like moving forward as their, when he tra- finally transitions away from wrestling, he's going to be like the living legend figure of AEW in 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, I think they want to just keep him around, let alone for all the backstage stuff. Um, and I, I agree with the WWE perspective. I think they would look at it as maybe they could get a few good matches out of him, but he's really breaking down uh, body health-wise right now. So I think they, they would see a long-term potential out of Gunther to... It would... If they were trying to balance out the trade, it look at Gunther and it's like there's just too much there to give up for like a few classic Kenny matches. And the only counter, and it's not even that big a one, is that they the WWE has offered Omega arguably the most money they've offered any free agent in the last five years. They've he's been on the radar since the end of his New Japan days. Mm-hmm. Oh, that kind of surprises me. Huh. Yeah. But I definitely agree with all your points, especially with the the, the valuable nature to for both men on their sides of the company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I said somebody's bound to say no. Let me throw out one last one because I've seen yeah. the name pop up in the chat a few times. Finn Balor for Sammy Guevara. Yes, fuck yes. Get Sammy the fuck <laughs> out of here. God. I know that's your feeling on him for sure. And my <laughs> feeling too. My I mean, feeling a- too, but WWE says no in a heartbeat. Probably. And AEW yeah. says yes, please. Yeah. Here, Okay. Here's my question. Uh, Cause I do like this idea. Uh, Ryan Huffman said uh, the opportunity to see AJ and Omega. What would you offer WWE to get AJ? What gets, th- what gets the ball moving on that? Do you like, could you send them a young potential star and like, maybe like a Ricky Starks and something else to get AJ Styles. I mean, look, look at AJ Styles' WrestleMania matches the last few years, and it's like, yeah, I mean, what is his value to them anymore? Um, and you would have to kind of look at it as almost a rental with mm-hmm. AEW because, you know, you're getting the latter stages of them, but... I think, I mean, to get an AJ Styles, you would need a top level. They'd have to almost offer like a hangman, even though it's not really fair because he's younger and AJ's more towards the end of his. I feel like they would want an established guy. Um, Somewhat established. I mean, he's been world champion at least. Um, Boy, I don't know. What do you think, Jesse? That's tough. I am racking my brain and it's almost impossible because... The one name that came up, and it's only because of last night and the young is Hook, but I, I'm, and that's not even close to enough. Yeah, that's I not do it. really have to rack my brain on this. I'm gonna need a few seconds, but if you guys want to keep talking about it, 
Because I don't think Adam Cole. I don't. I mean, well, that's that's what I was going to throw out. Adam Cole for AJ Styles. Adam Cole's thirty four. Possible. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he's almost ten years younger than AJ Styles. So WWE gets ten years of Adam Cole, and AW gets maybe what three out of AJ Styles. Just throw out a bunch of dream matches. You know, we get AJ Styles versus Omega versus Osprey. Uh, you know, get another Danielson match out of them, uh, Mm -hmm. help use them to build up swerve, get some hangman match. I mean, uh, a lot of fun matches by bringing AJ over. True. Can I, can I amend my, uh, my Finn Balor trade? Let me, let me amend this because I don't, I mean, in my mind, WWE would maybe consider it just because Sammy is so young and they could see potential in him and Finn's been around there for a long time. Despite, I mean, obviously, all the WWE guys, for the most part, are going to be bigger stars. Um, so you almost have to look at this as WWE trading established guys have done everything for like younger stars that they can build up into something. What if it was Sammy and Ty, you know, husband and wife for Finn Balor? Because Ty... Ty- Conti like is someone they dropped the ball with when she was there and she's got potential. So that there's your two for one trade. You think they consider it then? Nope. No. I mean, I, yes, it's a huge yes for me, but yeah. From both um, perspectives though, from WWE's perspective, would you consider if you were them? I don't think so. I, I, I think they still value Finn quite a bit. Um, I agree with, I agree that like, I think they've gotten the most out of them. They can, Mm -hmm. but I just like seeing what they've done with, uh, guys with the same style and body type of Sammy Guevara. I just, I don't have very much faith that they value that very much. Yeah. I have one I mean, for he, AJ he, Styles, but go ahead, he, finish. Your he would point. be a Jeff Hardy. I think they would look at him as a Jeff Hardy. True, but maybe not. Maybe not on that main event tier. Yeah. Okay. Any others? This would squash Huffman's kind of Bullet Club thing with AJ Styles. I'd send Jay White over there. Hmm. 31, 32 oh. years old, young stud. Just let him, he can work face or heel. Obviously, you'd want him heel, but, and Triple H loves his heels. So he'll be world champ in a year or two. AJ <laughs> Styles will, uh, yeah, have his dream matches for a couple of years. I think that'd be a pretty good. Deal. I like that one. I think that's, that's pretty balanced, I think. Jay White for AJ Styles. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. To the point in the chat about age and stuff, I think we're not necessarily just factoring in their age, but how long have they been in a company? Yes. It comes a point when you've been in a company for a decade or more, that there's just nothing for you to do. And it, it harkens back to the old territory system where when you've been in one territory for several years, it's time to go somewhere else just to freshen things up. I don't know that I agree a 22-year-old and a 42-year-old can do the same things. I don't agree on that, but 42 year olds in pro wrestling can have a lot of time left for sure. Um, but I think it's more about freshening things up and giving them new challenges, new people to work with, you know, just making from a creative front, making it more interesting. What would it take? Who would you have to trade to get Randy Orton? 
got to, to, to your point right there, Ryan, about, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if he could be any more stale in the WWE. I mean, granted, yep. he seems to be on the gas now, which is fantastic. Uh, I, he doesn't have a lot more miles on him, but holy shit, him and AEW for a couple of years. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, the Bucks for Randy Orton? Sure. <laughs> Nicholas and I'd Matthew for Randall? Yeah. Count me in. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd do that. I'd do it if I was AEW. I would. You w- get in the star WWE power. doesn't, though. Mm, probably not, <laughs> but probably not. He's just such a... He's like a legacy talent at this point mm-hmm. that probably not. Unless they figure like, oh, how long is this contract? We'll get him back in three years anyways. I don't know. They would ask would for way too. too much. Yeah. Established they, main eventers. Yeah. yeah, they would want like Copeland back and something else. They'd probably ask for Swerve back. No, yeah, go fuck themselves. Untouchable, folks. <laughs> he is un- <laughs> this is top swerve nation here. He ain't going yep. nowhere. He, he wasn't mentioned nowhere. for a reason. <laughs> well, you this know, has been I, a fun I, exercise. Honestly, interesting conversation. Uh, yeah. Darby's in that same category for me as Swerve. Like I, I would not trade him for almost anything if I was AEW. I agree with you. I almost threw him out there earlier, but yeah, it's it's tough to imagine them letting him go. I agree. He's been one of their best homegrown talents. Yep. Mm-hmm. Especially coming up. I mean, you've been teaming him with Sting for three years now. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can't let him go now. I mean. Yeah. This has been fun. I mean, this is an interesting yeah. topic. Let us know your thoughts. Get in the Facebook group. You know, Comment on the show. Let us know what you think of these trade proposals or what you would propose. You know, if you were Tony Khan or Paul Levesque and you had an idea. Um, so, yeah. Anything else you guys want to say? I think we covered it. I think we did a damn good job. Yeah. We hit a lot on the fly. It was impressive. Yeah. Guys, let me uh, throw up a couple links on the screen here and talk about what's coming up in the days ahead. Let me change our video layout here. So mentioned at the start, best way to support Top Rope Nation is by becoming a patron of the show. So if you're a patron of the show, you get all kinds of benefits. Uh, For five bucks a month, you get access to all these audio bonus shows that we do. They are a lot of times more we, we're putting out more content on the patreon feed than we are on the main feed like for example in december we had six bonus shows drop on patreon versus just the one weekly show so i guess four shows in december i think it was for us over here on the flagship so if you like this show you'll, you will love the patreon side we've got top rope nation unplugged with which is jesse's solo pod if you're new to our podcast jesse used to host that show Uh, Before he joined us as our third co-host, he still does it. It's behind the paywall. Totally worth the five bucks a month just to get Jesse's content over there. We also have Top Rope Nation Extra, which is a show all of us can do at any time. Uh, I think the last one put out was myself on Bleacher Report. I put that out as a Top Rope Nation Extra. And then the signature show that most people sign up for since we started Patreon, I think, Maybe now Jesse's show is the bigger draw. I don't know. But when we started it, this was the draw. Top Rope Nation Classics. Once per month, a real deep dive on a classic show. 
uh, in pro wrestling history. And it's always a show that happened the month that we, you know, were recording. So in January, it's almost always a Royal Rumble show. So this month we're looking back at Royal Rumble 91. So we talk about if it was a show that we were around for, what we were doing in our fandom at the time. We talk about all of the happenings in the world of pro wrestling at the time. And then, of course, we break down the show itself, the matches, the business, the legacy. It, it's really fun stuff. All the patrons love it. They stay patrons mostly, I think, you know, to keep getting those, to dip into the archives. There are, we have like over 120 bonus shows in the Patreon archive right now. So if you're watching us on video, you can scan the QR code. If you are listening on the podcast feed, the link is here in the broadcast description. Uh, but Patreon is the number one way to ensure that this podcast continues. Five bucks a month gets you all that access. Uh, also, there's other tiers, $10 a month, $20 a month, and those have exclusive benefits as well. So you can read all about it at patreon.com slash Nation. And if you want to grab some of our merch, here's a link for that. You can find our store at topropenation.com or scan the QR code here on the screen. We've got tons of great merch out there as well. Um, anything else, gentlemen? There will be a TRN Unplugged that will be hitting Ryan's inbox on Saturday sometime. I have already recorded it, mixed it, but I figure to give it some breathing room from today's show, we'll send it over in a couple days. Going over the famous Mick Foley WWF 1499 title win, recapping 1998 WWF pretty tightly, and getting Michael Jenkinson's thoughts on this year's Royal Rumble. And there aren't many people on the planet that know as much about the Royal Rumble as he does. So I think it's worth it. They're right there, too. Absolutely. We did a, if you look back in our archives, a couple of years ago, Michael came on and talked about his Royal Rumble rankings. And super fun show. Keeps a spreadsheet mm -hmm. and everything. So, uh, yeah, check that out. I do have one more thing, guys, before we take it home tonight. And... We can consider this an email to the show. It was a text message I got from a friend of mine earlier tonight, and I'd asked him, do you want me to read this on the show? And I didn't want to do it without his permission, but he said yes. So we'll, we'll say this is an email, and if you guys have ideas like this you want to send into the show, you can send them to topropenation at gmail.com. Uh, but this comes from Jay, who is also a Patreon supporter of ours, and I want to, I want to get your take on his booking idea here because it involves some names jumping ship, which is related to what we were just talking about. Okay, so Jay writes, I have fantasy booked the next big angle in wrestling. How's that for a lead-in? He says, you're welcome in advance for the spike in interest that this idea will bring to the pro wrestling industry <laughs> and ultimately your podcast. <laughs> I clarify this by saying that I love douchebag Young Bucks characters way more than shiny face Young Buck characters. I love their two-minute promo last night. What I want is a reverse NWO angle where the two of them set out to destroy all of the people that the company has brought in. This summer, they start teasing a third man. The third man ends up being Tyler Black, straight off of a loss to CM Punk at WrestleMania. So you have, <laughs> so you have one of WWE's top stars, Jumping Ship, that has a legitimate gripe about people who come in and ruin the culture. Plus, all Six three of them together... All three of them together could be some douche magic if Seth kills off his stupid laugh. Add in Becky Lynch and Mercedes Monet to incorporate the women, and we basically have the magic of 1998 WCW storytelling with the main event angle 
having the work rate of 1998 cruiserweights. What do you think? Let's get it done. Let's get a hold of Tony tonight. <laughs> let's let's finalize this deal. I, I fucking love it. I, I, I think that's fantastic. Let's let Okada go to WWE. Seth can come to AW and let's make this magic happen. Jesse, you look floored. <laughs> That'd be a blast, especially when he's sold. He's like, yeah, I lose to CM Punk and then he's going to jump ship. As the yeah. third man, as Damn no one would expect it. Let's just hope that you could keep that under wraps, though, in this day and age online. That would make it <laughs> that much more beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think the punk thing showed that you can. You can keep it under wraps if you're very careful. Now, Tony can't be flexing on Twitter like he tends to do, at least not until the aftermath. But, man, that would be unbelievable. Six to midnight, Justin? Yes, sir. That happened. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the only concern is that there's not like once Sting retires, th- there's not a lot of like the guys they could go after outside of like Copeland and Christian. And I- I'm sorry, I'm just not interested in seeing Tyler Black first, Adam Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it as a storyline. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. I agree. I like I like the douchebag young bucks stuff better than babyface young Same. bucks for sure. Yeah. So thank you for the email, Jay, and your patronage. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Guys, that's it. I think we're done. I think it's been 326 episodes now of Top Rope Nation. Again, appreciate everybody's support. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. How many episodes was that? 326. So this is 326 straight episodes where we said behind the scenes we were going to go short and then we went beyond an hour. <laughs> it's like this will be like a 45 the minute streak podcast. Streak is alive. Yeah. We got some creativity out of you, Justin. Yeah. Nobody carried this show. No. <laughs> <laughs> 326 episodes plus another 120 plus on Patreon. I mean, all together, we've approaching probably over 450 podcasts in the last uh seven and a half years i'd say that's pretty impressive (laughs) (laughs) all right guys so we appreciate everyone tuning in all the new faces we saw in the chat tune in next week every thursday night 9 30 p.m eastern 8 30 central subscribe on the podcast feeds and subscribe to our youtube channel where you can find the entire archive We'll see you all next week. Join the Facebook group if you want to talk to us before then. Search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. And we'll catch you all next time. Take care. Hasta luego.